Wi-Fi this time. Um, one moment. Tell the fans, pretend I have fans for a second, and then like tell them that they gotta they gotta wait, they gotta watch. Yeah, let me check out. Ooh, we have a live video. Do we? Nice. So, um, let me see if I have anyone actually watching it yet. I had some people message me and say that the video is not live because I tweeted out the link and I'm like, we're live. And then we went offline and I was like, oh, yeah, technical difficulties. Yeah. Or, I mean, the, the one technical difficulty is that I'm being a dumbass. So, um, well, anyway. Uh, if you share the Odyssey link, there are people actually watching that one, which is nice. I wonder, I wish, I wish I could see the chat for both of these things. Yeah. I mean, I can, I mean, bold of you to assume that there's going to be a chat, but <laughs> no, just kidding. I'm make sure there's a chat. Oh, I do have actually two watching on YouTube. So, all right. Do over, guys. Hey, how's it going? Um, if you didn't, if you watched what happened last time, we started the show and I realized I was on the wrong, slow, terrible Wi-Fi network. So I decided to give it a restart and now hopefully the show will be good. It's okay. It's all for the greater good, the greater good. So now I'll really hit the, um, intro graphic and then we'll go. So hey everyone, welcome to Amateur Hour. I mean Friday. I mean the Digital Cash Rundown. I'm joined by the one and only Kodax or Spencer or you know Mountain Painting Guy. I got to recycle the jokes I made on the other version that didn't make it through. So or anyway, dickhead. you can call me dickhead. That works well. Um, I mean maybe a little too well, which is why I kind of decided not to. Yeah. But uh, if you're watching, which I hope you are. Uh, you're probably watching it on YouTube. You could be, but you could be watching it on Odyssey. So, I mean, the easiest way, I actually put a link in the YouTube video description that actually says, actually has like the Odyssey link, like watch it live on Odyssey. Hey, I'm watching both chats, by the way. So oh, you are, oh, I am. I've got you're YouTube pump- chat open and I've got Odyssey chat. Open. Yeah. You're pumping the numbers. I'm Odyssey chat cause I am not signed in. Yes, this whole thing is a little bit... Um, Peter, hello? Yes, this whole thing is a little... Um, the whole... I want to just mostly do Odyssey streaming. So, but it's still in, you know... Hey, it's, it's not all the way there yet. So, in the meantime, make sure you tell me if there's any technical difficulties or things. Oh, yeah, the Odyssey stream sucks. Oh, the live chats aren't working. Whatever else you want to tell me, I will yell at, you know, Jeremy Kaufman, who runs the library that runs Odyssey... And tell them they need to get up, you know. But we're close to 50-50 on, like, subscribe, on live viewers of each one. So, that's good. That's a good start. Oh, YouTube videos. I see you, Hill. What was that? Oh, I was talking to Hill. Oh. Oh, Hill's in the thing. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, he, he knows what's up. So, for everyone else who, you know, we're actually supposed to talk about, like, crypto stuff. I don't know if you, you know. Oh, wait. Is this a crypto show? It's not the crypto show, rest in peace-ish. It's a crypto show. Yes, but it is a good spot to be in. So huh? So I had to actually refresh the Odyssey screen on my, on my screen to actually see that there's a live chat going. But it is what it is. Who cares? So all I could say is wow. 
You know what that means, of course. Wow. Wow. Doge, so yes. much wow. Such wow, in fact. Such so wow. If you've been living under a rock, and I'm not even saying like a crypto rock because this is literally like the whole world. Like all, all these normie friends of mine, all these non-crypto people I know are all jumping on and saying like, you know, oh my gosh, my dude, this it's doing so great, this. Oh my gosh, they're, they're all freaking out about that kind of stuff. And yeah, Dogecoin is up. What's the percentage you just, you saw last time you checked? Uh, too much annoyingly much yeah yeah too much percentage yeah so for those who are kind of new to this whole thing and are like wondering what is dogecoin basically it was a joke copy of bitcoin that basically has a ton of infinite inflation type stuff and a few other little parameters and just you know it, it was fun because they kicked out a ton of it and you could just tip people with it and throw it to everyone it's a fun little thing to, to have fun with right that's literally and all it was. Kind of turned into just like, you know, just a joke copy of Bitcoin still. Yeah, I mean, it's still, you know, it's a meme, it's a meme coin. It's but so it's basically been in this, you know, it's kind of been a, a forgotten relic of the past. It didn't do anything. No one used any, et cetera, kind of over the years. Yet still had a lot of transaction volume because being so old, it was kind of on all these exchanges being so similar to Bitcoin, it had a lot of the same infra like basic um, code base, right? So it was easy to integrate. And then people used it to trade, to like move funds, uh, arbitrage from exchanges. It was still kind of like kicking around in the bottom there as a tool for some traders or some people still play around. But it was basically like on its way out, on the low, slow decline. And then people like Elon Musk, the bastard, started tweeting about it. And just saying like, oh, I'm really into... And then people that co coincided with the whole Wall Street bets, let's pump GameStop or whatever other stock, you know, to the moon. And then it just ended up being, oh my gosh, a huge meteoric pump. It got everyone's attention. So the people's brain attention, like the, the normies, they're still like, they only think Bitcoin exists, kind of. And then in the last year or two, maybe, they started to realize there's an Ethereum too. And mm -hmm. then, like, now Doge is the third. Even Litecoin, which is, like, silver, Bitcoin's gold, whatever the hell. Like, most people don't even know about Litecoin, but they know about Dogecoin. And Dogecoin might have flipped in Litecoin, did it? Let me actually... Um, I'm going to check. Me, I'm going to check it right now, because that would, that would bring a smile to my like, grumpy little, you know, my grumpy face on this thing. Yeah, um, let's see. Uh, oh, yeah. snap. Oh, snap. Dude. Doge is the real shit coin. Yeah, it's up, it's up four hundred and thirty six percent in the last week. Oh yeah, yeah, that's it's totally warranted, isn't it? Oh my gosh, yeah, it's got such great technology. Yeah, so it's funny because actually today, so uh, just finish the pump, the pump talk. So it just pump, 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 and then kind of crash a little bit, and pump, 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 and crash, and then all the other stuff. Elon stopped tweet pumping it, as far as I know. Then just out of the blue, someone decided to pump it today. And then all the other people, oh, I shouldn't have sold mine. Oh my gosh! And they're 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 back on it, you know. Yeah. And it's it's a little crazy how how immature like, the market is. Yeah, still like twelve years in. Uh, yeah. But the other thing I think is funny is it costs twenty two cents on the median transaction fee to send Doge right now. <laughs> Doge is getting a whole Doge. Doge is getting expensive to send, right? Yeah, and I mean, that's how we see proof of work work right i mean 
proof of meme. Proof, yeah. I mean, in general, I mean, Bitcoin's the same way. When you've got block size limits like that, mm-hmm. or such small block size limits. So I, I don't know the Doge problem because Doge is doing like a quarter of Bitcoin's transaction volume and is already getting congested. So I'm pretty sure it has something to do with like the not enough nodes and poor implementation of this and the nodes keep on like not syncing properly and things like that. I don't know. I don't care enough. But I pointed this out on Twitter and some guy was getting mad and saying like, well, nice triator, but the devs are already working on the fix. It's going to be out <laughs> soon. And I'm like, there's like, you guys have devs now? <laughs> like, Litecoin devs. Yeah, it's just like, and I'm going to be a little bit of a jerk here, but that's that's exactly why you tune in. It's not to see me be nice, uh, but it's it's just the stupid opportunistic type devs who like they don't care about the project but then it starts pumping like yeah we're gonna build on it and then like by just saying that then all of a sudden your bags kind of go up and stuff but right yeah uh, we're gonna build on it i'm a dev and i like dogecoin doggy coin yeah and honestly like um i am kind of grateful for doge for pumping the way it's doing because it's it's like well the reason for this sourpuss i think okay be the sourpuss then let's go i think that the rest of the i think that anyone that does that shit is illegitimizing cryptocurrency in my eyes yeah i'll go ahead and say it i mean that's kind of bold because i know a lot of people i like probably have those just because it really is at the end of the day it's a speculation right and it's about earning the money and i understand that and i don't fault people for that but at the same time because it's they end up playing into I, the the illegitimization of mm-hmm. cryptocurrency in general yeah that that is true um that's like a respectable point of view i'm going to go for like the doomer point of view which is you know Let's get my corpse paint on real quick, and you know, uh, basically, this it's all bull, it's all nonsense. Let's put it this way: most of the market is nonsense. Most of the top 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 to a hundred coins are just like there, there's nothing there really. There's nothing yeah, to absolutely. justify that stuff. And Doge for me is my canary in the coal mine, right? As long as Doge is like up there, it's that's and I even tell people I that's have. A signal. I have this pillow and it's going to be right in my backdrop of every one of these podcasts. As far as I can guarantee, I might be traveling in the near future, but whatever I'll be there. It'll be there as long as Doge is above dash and market cap ranking, which might be a while, but it just to remind people that it, you know, it's like a, like a clown is it's like reminding it with these are the joke times. And like, I, at least I feel like Doge, I respect, doge for not being a scam which sounds like a pathetically low bar and it might be but it's just like it's it's a clearly a joke and if people are throwing money and if they people lose money on doge you can't say they got scammed really because that's true well and and i mean i guess it's admirable to say the least at least doge doesn't claim to be a legitimate project Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i mean they are they are a legitimate project because it's a functioning cryptocurrency, but they don't claim to have like, yeah, right. But they don't claim to have like next gen tech or anything. Cause what, in my eyes, like what is scam scams obviously consist of lying market manipulation and people trying to take your money. Mm-hmm. There's quite a few of those in crypto. Then I think there's the, 
the next type of uh, what's commonly called a scam um, is over-promising, under-delivering. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's necessarily a scam. It can be if they know that they're that they're not capable. Like you see projects saying like, oh, we're going to replace the internet. No, you're not. Yeah. So, so in, at that point, that's a scam. But if it's just a project that's saying like, oh, you know, you're Ethereum, right? And you're saying we're going to transition to proof of stake in the next year. And then it takes you four years. That's overpromise and an underdeliver, but it's reasonable overpromise underdeliver. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's a scam. I think that's just poor communication and bad judgment. Yeah. Now, um, the thing about scams, because people talk about scams all the time. And of course, I'm not saying that um, the Doge is a scam because it isn't. But a scam is a uh, basically you have to lie to people. You have to defraud them. Right. Agreed. And make them lose money. So, for example, if you scam someone into prosperity, it's not really a scam, I guess. Even if you tried to scam someone. Like, for example, you say, hey, buy this, it'll double your money. You double your money, it's like, wow. Even though it was, like, a scam, <laughs> as long as you make the money, then it's kind of not. But anyway, basically, yeah, you'd have well, to. Well, if somebody's losing money somewhere. Like, you're thinking, you're talking about, like, Hex, which I know that some of, some of my friends oh, like God. Hex, but. X friends, let's, you know. Hex, what do they call themselves? Hex friends, hex friends or X friends. How about we put that on t shirt yeah. somewhere? Don't they call themselves hexagons? Yeah, cultural appropriation. You know, <laughs> um, we know how that works. But so the thing about so Doge again is just that you know to show that the market's immature, and then no one serious like no one is saying oh this is a serious project i think it'll be used in commerce and all this kind of stuff no one is saying that so the, but people are just like i don't care throw money at it because you know woo go to moon and as long really? as like it's it's there to keep us honest doge is there to keep us honest it's like this is all your your dumb tokens what they all you know this is what they all are is just the wow that's it so yeah. ooh, well that's it for doge so the pump yeah, the pump the pump is real. Everything's pumping. Um, Bitcoin dominance is going to go below fifty percent soon if it hasn't already. I I should. Um, is that hashtag altcoin season? Yes. <laughs> Let me do the visual hashtag for you guys. It's alt boy summer. Boop boop boop. You go like that. Yeah. Um, hashtag altcoin season. Yeah. Now, how low do you think Bitcoin dominance is going to go? at the end of all this 30 at least I think it's going to go below 30 I think it's going to I think it's going to hang out around 30 hmm that's nice um it's pretty funny watching the, the 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 market dominance trend downward and people saying like no no it's not you know it's not going down it's like clearly going up and I'm like all right dude all right you know yeah, we'll I mean, go with that yeah I, I think it'll hang out around 30 um, for a while, it'll probably work its way back up mm-hmm. and it'll come back down. I mean, there's very few coins that have the network effect that Bitcoin does. I mean, really none of them do, but it, you know, a close second and its market cap reflects that is Ethereum. Yeah. And, um, after Ethereum, 
maybe XRP, which I personally believe is a scam, honestly. But mm, uh, yeah, but not some network effect. Um, that being said, I don't think XRP is going going to do anything. Ethereum could flip in Bitcoin, I believe. Um, if we're basing it off pure network effect alone, mm-hmm. not not technology, you know, possible problems, anything else. Um, I think Ethereum could do that. Yeah. So, in fact, it probably will be the first coin to do so. If I had to guess. I, so I would probably agree with that. Um, I have it, it's it's. I wish I could just be. That's the problem. Is when the more you know, like the more <laughs> the less cut and dry everything becomes. Yeah. Um, and I definitely think that Ethereum's probably like the biggest project in terms of like total promise in terms of it does is it what it can do what's being done on it and how much just inertia and recognition like all those together the first two bitcoin may you know but it's got so much inertia that that gives it a lot of value right and a whole lot of other projects are like i believe better than ethereum as far as what can be done on it but not as much has been done on it and then it doesn't have the recognition so as far as like everything Ethereum's probably the top crypto project. Now, the mm-hmm. thing is, um, I'm like, I'd say I'm like a 70% bullish on Ethereum because, you know, I, I think it's 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 going to be there for a while, probably. A lot of stuff's being built on it. More stuff's being built on it. It just, you know, whatever. But the it's, 30... swallowing the, it's swallowing the whole industry. Yes. And the 30% is just how it, still doesn't work well in a lot of ways that are just the same as they've been for years. And there's talk that there will be, things will be different, but I'm skeptical until they actually are different. So, so it's like, ah, it's probably, you know, it's probably going to do pretty well. Bitcoin. I have no idea. Like, honestly, it might've just gotten grandfathered into this era of like, it's, it's going to be there forever kind of thing. Or right. it might... it's, kind of, it's kind of because it was the first project and the largest network effect. Now they've been pushing this narrative of digital gold now for the last couple of years. And I think it's, it's kind of starting to fill that role mm-hmm. and it may be that, and that's okay. If you don't ever transact with it, Bitcoin does just fine. The only thing that I struggle to see is if another project that's equally as useful, mm-hmm. um, Equally, sorry, another project that's equally or or more useful, I should say, but with both market caps being equal, I don't know why your store of value can't also be your medium of exchange. Yeah, of course. I don't know why they have to be separate. I don't think they do. I I think that the market has awarded what it values the most, and even though there's other things that could value a whole lot too. So, I mean, it is what it is. Um, speaking of transactions and stuff like that, um, let's talk about Turkey. Supposedly, Turkey is going to ban cryptocurrency payments. Bad idea. Yeah. I For, think. First off, who's been making cryptocurrency payments? Like me, probably you, like mm-hmm. five other people. Roger Ver when he does a video. Like, there's like a few people, but <laughs> it's still like the most underused part of crypto is the, the buy and sell things for it. Payments, right? yeah. yeah. And so, I don't know. Like, the Turkish. Well, what they're doing is banning it out of fear. I yeah, think. of course. 
And uh, that's because that's what governments do. They ban things out of fear. Mm -hmm. Um, However, that being said, all it does is open the door for them to be, well, rather than open the door, it shuts the door on them and their, and their whole country, um, you know, for when I I can confidently say when uh, the rest of the world gets around to using currency in some digital form one way or another whether it's bitcoin dash ethereum or fucking fed coin excuse my language yeah um whatever it is they've shut themselves out of that ecosystem and i don't think that that's productive for them or the citizens of turkey yeah it's funny because um crypto is something that anyone can use anyone there's anywhere, anytime, no restrictions type of a thing. And it it's not like a, a it doesn't care if you ban it or not, it just does it does its thing. However, when you do ban it and things like that, you do kind of cut off your people who are scared of using it. Because just like we learned with Ross Ulbricht, you can't ban crypto, but you can ban the people who are you can ruin the lives of the people who are involved with it. And right. so what we can like I've been saying with the library case in the U.S. where libraries being sued by the SEC for nonsense reasons, and it could have a huge chilling effect on the crypto industry in the U.S., which sucks because crypto is the future, and it's just going to guarantee that other jurisdictions are where the progress is going to be in the future. And the same thing with Turkey. It's like when they're starting to do things like this, it's not shutting down crypto. It's not even shutting down the Turks from using crypto. It's Whoa. shutting down the companies based in Turkey for that are very like public facing and stuff like that yep. from the innovate from being part of the innovation and actually making money from this whole industry yeah, yeah. and you know keeping Sometimes money in, in the industry, country. Being first is important. So if you're the first, you know, look at Coinbase, right? They weren't the first, but the first major crypto exchange, and they've grown into a multi-billion dollar company out of a garage in a matter of a couple years now that had crypto been illegal in the united states they wouldn't be able to do that and guess who has that billion dollar company then it's china because it's binance Mm -hmm. and so when you do that as a government you regulate your citizens out of being a part of that next industry and when you eventually concede which they will then your your country is that far behind. No yeah. one has a chance to compete at that point. Yeah, exactly. And so that's kind of what the, that kind of thing is going to do. Now, before we go to the Binance thingy here, um, I would like to remind everyone that cointr.ee slash the desert links gets you into the live crypto super chat, which right now that's the only way to get your, you know, special high-powered messages that I'm actually going to answer because I like to like watch the other live chat and basically ignore it. But pretty soon, Library is going to have a thing called Hyper Chats, which is just a way to probably to avoid being sued by Google for Super Chats or whatever, which you'll be able to do in Odyssey. You'll be able to actually go throw a couple credits and get your little message highlight, which can be way better than this thing, this Cointree hack right now. But in the meantime, use that if you want to kind of ask a question or say something particularly poignant or whatever like that. Now, let's get into the Binance thing. So, Binance has burned $600 million worth of BNB, which supposedly suggests it made $750 million in profit in Q1. 
So are you a Binance chain guy? No, I'm not. I know, so I'm not because I'm in this a lot, you know, a lot for the principle of it all. Mm-hmm. Binance doesn't follow one of the main principles in my mind of cryptocurrency, which is decentralization. Mm-hmm. I do, however, understand that consumers pick products that work. Mainstream consumers don't care about the principles that were the founding principles, I guess, of cryptocurrency. Yeah. So if Ethereum's clogged, they're using Binance. I get it. Mm-hmm. I personally don't support that, so I, I'm not a fan. Yeah, and it it's kind of interesting, like the token burn type of a thing that <laughs> Binance is like the wild man of crypto in a lot of ways because it just it's basically to a certain extent an unregistered security that's selling to people. It's like company shares, but not really. And it's right. doing like the burn, it's just like a stock burn or whatever like that. It just, it's operating, it is just a piece of a company, but it's like, no, no, it's a crypto token, things work, oh, pancake swap. It's kind of yeah. funny, funny where that kind of ends up. Yeah, you know, but I mean, that's where like the U.S. could learn a thing or two from how China's handling it because they're just kind of letting it be the Wild West and seeing what companies develop and and what type of things develop from it. And then they... uh can figure it out afterwards and i think that's the smart way to handle it yeah and i wonder at which point we're going to start seeing um like obviously like the the competition right um people are into uh like nation states are very big into competing with each other and like oh which one are we going to and like competing with china and russia and stuff for the u.s and like western powers Seems to be a big thing, but they don't seem to be caring so much with this whole blockchain deal. I wonder when that's going to be a thing that it's going to kick over. They're going to be like, oh, crap, we're, we're losing out to, you know. I think it is already behind closed doors. I think they're mm. discussing it right now, mm. you know. I don't think that they've outwardly made any moves, um, you know, but I think I think that it's on people's minds mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, for um, sure. And even if it's not in any super high up people's minds, it is on some senators' minds. It is on some representatives' minds, and they've brought it up. And the more times it gets brought up, eventually it'll sink in for somebody. Yeah, I mean, I really hope so, but <laughs> yeah. it's taking a sweet time, that's for sure. Oh, of course. Yeah, so I explicitly got all that kind of stuff out the way because there's some interesting dex talk i'm sure we have to do and i want to sort of give like a not just put that towards the end towards like the beginning where we just have to talk about a bunch of other stuff but um in a big so shapeshift let me just give the shapeshift background for people so shapeshift was a still is a company but started by eric Voorhees that was essentially a swap service type of a thing in the beginning where it's like, there's a, I think it was the first, right? Yeah. yeah, Or maybe it's the first major one, but it's the first one anyone cares about. And people used to use shapeshift as a verb, you know, let me just shapeshift this token over that one. And shapeshift for a while was the alt sector. As far as, um, you could so easily flip like a Litecoin to a Bitcoin or whatever else that a lot of like, a lot of places that wanted to accept like that they, they were they had a lot of people 
clamoring to accept their whatever hell coin and Bitcoin is still 85, 90% market dominance. And they're like, yeah, right. So they would just add a little shapeshift widget. So you could go pay with whatever and it would shapeshift to what they really wanted, which is Bitcoin. And then eventually fees made that not work. And then at some point, shapeshift was like, I think they started hitting a regulatory pressure era. And I, and we've already, I've already covered this before. And my personal opinion is they overreacted to the regulation they had to deal with, but that's something that it's just a opinion for me. And I, only they actually know, but at some point they start saying, Hey guys, we're going to require accounts and stuff like that. And they're like, what? And like, that's the only reason people use shapeshift is because they didn't have to get an exchange account. They didn't have to do anything. They just went to the site or the widget and went zoop and flipped it. And then they start, well, we're going to do some KYC for stuff. Oh, we're going to start delisting certain assets and oh, and then basically shapeshift was on its way to the dustbin of history at that point. Like I was like, no one's going to use this shit. And then lo and behold, Eric Voorhees says, Hey guys, guess what? We're all about decentralization again. We're going to be like decentralized exchange only. And so at that point, uh, shapeshift, the app, the service pivoted to be basically a front end connecting to various decentralized exchanges, starting with like Uniswap and stuff like that that's on Ethereum, which means you could trade Ethereum and Ethereum tokens, but nothing else really other than Ethereum wrappings for other tokens. But all that, all that is changing, isn't it? Yeah, and actually... I think I see the whole shapeshift saga in a slightly different light. I actually cool. think that the, I think that Eric Voorhees is one of the smartest people in crypto as far as business goes. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, his business isn't as large as Coinbase or, or whatever else, but Eric has had a, a goal in mind ever since he started, and his whole goal is open economy no KYC, and he's made basically zero compromises along the way. Now, some he had no choice. Mm. But even with that, so, and I'll give you an example. Um, Shapeshift uh, delisted Dash, that was one of the things, right? Because it was a privacy coin, and they were getting regulatory pressure. Well, and let me get add, add a little nuance to that that part of things. They said that they were del- they delisted Dash, Zcash, and Monero. And there was they later kind of quietly re-added Dash. They like didn't say it was it. always there. They what they did was they stopped the trading. So yeah. you can't trade, but you can still use Shapeshift as a wallet, mm. send and receive. Yeah. Um but anyway, I think Shapeshift was genius when they um first acquired Keepsy. Um, and they mm-hmm. integrated key with Shapeshift platform. So you did have to make an account, which was kind of crappy. But at the same time, you could plug in your hardware wallet and do all of your exchanging on the computer while your keys were safe on the hardware wallet. And in my mind was probably the best uh, hardware wallet interface of out of any, right? And, and they pioneered that design. Yeah. And, uh, to be fair, the UX though, and this is where I'm going to shit on uh, Shapeshift a little bit because we're talking good things about them. We have to be fair and balanced like Fox News, am I right? So uh, basically, I tried to set up my Keep Key because I got a Keep Key. I didn't buy it. 
thankfully, because otherwise I'd be very pissed. But then I tried to set it up and they're like, well, you can if you don't have a shapeshift account. So I got a shapeshift account. And then I it just I basically tried enough times until I failed enough times and gave up trying to actually set up the keep key. And it just, something didn't work. Like, oh, you have to in install this little thing here. And I did it. And like, oh, it's not connecting with that. You want to do this and that. It's just like hardware wallets are enough of a pain in the ass as it is. Like, do you have to overcomplicate them? Big shout out to Ledger and also to Trezor because those two work pretty well and they've been easy enough to figure out. But keep yeah, key I never has had been. I've any problems with my shapeshift wallet or my yeah. keep key. But I mean, that, that maybe that's a. Uh you know, one of those things where it works for some users and not others. And maybe yeah. that is bad UX, I suppose. But yes. yeah. um, I guess my overarching point was that they pioneered that design, which now we see all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, and then as DEXs were becoming a thing, I think Eric saw his opening into um, trading all of the possible Ethereum tokens without KYC. Why? Because he... Um, because he's not the one trading them. So his company's not responsible. Now, what he does do is aggregate uh, rates and stuff across different DEXs. Yeah. And then they get a portion of that fee. So that's how his business still continues to make money. Mm -hmm. And um, they also have Fox token, which is similar to BNB. Fox token, you buy Fox token, you pay less fees but they own Fox token, right? And anybody that owns Fox token gets a share of the fees that happen across the network. They call them rainfall rewards. Yeah. The whole thing is, is, you know, it's used in other places, but was pioneered by Shapeshift. Yeah. Um, and then, and then on top of that, now they've figured out a way, uh, which I was kind of, you know, predicting anyway, but they had talked about in an article that it's they code extradamus here. Yeah, they have talked about in an article that they were soon bringing Bitcoin and Litecoin to the DEX uh, system that they have, and they would be fully fully decentralized as far as the exchange part of, of Shapeshift goes. Mm -hmm. And um, I'd been talking to, to Hill and some other people about, you know, them possibly using a system like either Ren or ThorChain. And, um, you know, they had never mentioned as such in any articles, but, uh, it's, it's now official that they're using Thorchain. So I was not surprised to say the least when I heard. Yeah. Well, this is a great, you know, educational moment then for what the ever loving flip is Thorchain. Yeah. So Thorchain is, um, a decentralized cross chain asset swap. Um, uh, platform hmm. that's its goal so i can send bitcoin to the a node basically on a on a network and then that node will in a decentralized way swap to whatever the other asset is and then forward that asset on to the next chain for me mm -hmm. um obviously taking a fee in the process so it sends and then sends, right? So you'd be yep. like two on-chain transactions. Well, I'm sending, and mm -hmm. then they're sending. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so as a as a user, the way that it's set up is that like I end up paying both chain fees and the fee for the swap. Mm. 
So, and, and them as a node runner, what they kind of have is they kind of, they, they would have like a Bitcoin node and an Ethereum node, right? yeah. for example. And then the Bitcoin and Ethereum node, and then they run their Thorchain node. And, and I'm oversimplifying this a lot, but mm-hmm. then the, uh, the Thorchain node coordinates the actions of the Bitcoin node and the Ethereum node, for example, right? Mm-hmm. So then... When an incoming transaction, uh, a Bitcoin transa- transaction comes in, there's other information attached to it that tells it um, which asset I want to swap to. In this case, we'll say it's Ethereum. It tells, it also says where it wants that Ethereum to go to and how much I'm being paid for that. So then, as an independent actor, my node automatically handles this. Okay, it says incoming this much. Here's the exchange rate outgoing this much ethereum mm-hmm. and and um this is my my take from it basically and so it's kind of your your liquidity provider between chains rather mm-hmm. than just yeah 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 and so the actual rune part of it the actual like thor chain part of it in i'm assuming that they you use those tokens as well to facilitate the whole thingy um as far as Thorchain goes, I haven't done extensive research, but I assume its architecture is the same as Ren's, mm-hmm. which is the, the Rune token. And I could be wrong, so anybody feel yeah. free to call me out or look me up. Um, that's my disclaimer. Okay, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rune token, I assume, is actually used by the uh, the Thorchain nodes. So it has value because there's a demand for it, Right. So if I want to set up a Thorchain node, I have to have 100,000 rune or 10,000 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I'm a collateralized node in that way. Mm. Interesting. So, so I think the rune is actually used by the uh, the node participants more than the cross-chain, um, uh, cross-chain participants. Yeah, so that's a... Um, let me hit this live chat question first just so we don't get it out of the way. Well, it got cut off a little bit. Fundamentals win over time with the caveat that the utility-strong cryptocurrencies, for example, Dash, have to stay relevant enough in the near term that when when that realization takes place. That's why it's urgent for Dash to participate closely in DeFi, ST-Dash, Dash, and smart contracts. Also, the days of being talked about organically is long gone, so we have to push our way through multiple strong Dash figureheads. Yeah, a little... A little dash centric on that thingy, but that's exactly no, true. No, I absolutely agree, though. Absolutely. Agree. Yes, thank you very much, Mister Anonymous Person, or you know, what is it? You know, male, female, non-binary. I don't care. Um, an, an anonymous person. So that is actually that is true, and it's one of those funny things where it used to be kind of project maximalist type thing. Like, oh, I only like this one. Oh, I don't like that one. And now, even if you have your favorites, you got to sort of be everything, have everything be involved with everything. Like, I wonder how much Bitcoin um, activity is reliant on other chains, whether it be, you know... Oh, I'm sure a lot. Like wrapped Bitcoin on Ethereum or whatever, right? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. is like wrapped Bitcoin or... You know, how much Thorchain volume is going to be attributed to, you know, how much is going to be attributed to that, how much, you know, mm-hmm. basically, you know, ad infinitum. So um, that's a good one. Now, we're talking about the whole swaps. Um, 
First off, how different is any of this from, let's say, atomic swaps, which used to be a giant buzzword back in the day? Yeah, and then everyone's like doing this historic different. stuff. And then they just like, I haven't heard about them lately. So I think it's slightly different, but I also think that it has um, advantages. So what what this does is um, it's it's not an atomic swap. It's essentially an AMM an mm -hmm. automated money market. Um, it's just decentralized. So the difference, uh, I think like, for example, one of the advantages of this over atomic swaps is it's much faster. Mm. Atomic swaps take a lot of time and a lot of, uh, how much time calculate. I, um, I don't really know. There was research on atomic swaps and a lot of, uh, blockchains say that they're, you know, atomic swap compatible, but I don't know anyone that's ever done an atomic swap. You don't you know, know what I mean? you don't know anyone personally, or you just don't know that it's ever been done. I just don't know that it's ever been done. I'm sure it has, but I just don't know of it. It was definitely never a common practice. Yeah. There's been a, a bunch of things. A few times people have like touted, Oh, we just did it. The first, I remember someone was talking about like a decred Litecoin atomic swap a couple years ago and stuff. Um, yeah, but uh, the, the funny thing with all this, this swap business is um, I'm going to be a, a Voorhees, I would say critic, but I'm going to be <laughs> a little less like, you know, idealistically rose-colored on that kind of stuff. He was probably seeing, just saw the future and is seeing, holy crap, how much volume is on Uniswap? And he's just seeing like, okay, exactly. exchanges are going to go all there. I'm not a Coinbase, so I can't onboard noobs with fiat. So literally, my business is about to just die completely. So I better That's be exactly. I better be part of this thing, or I'm going to lose all my money. And so, yep. which yeah, nothing wrong with money. Money's well, great. No, That's exactly what I was saying a minute ago. I think he's one of the smartest minds, business minds, in mm -hmm. the cryptocurrency space. He sees that, like he can predict what's happening, like with relative accuracy, like. Mm -hmm. I can definitely see that for, for him. And, and he's not wrong. I had one of my clients, if you guys, you guys know, I do the this crypto consulting business, mm -hmm. um, clear, not an investment advisor. I do not have that license, nor do I pretend to, um, I just consult on the technology, the possibilities and, uh, walk people through things, um, like storing their private keys, et cetera. But mm -hmm. that being said, I've had uh, clients of mine ask me what I think about Coinbase and them going public and this and that. And I, you know, I've told them all the same thing. I mean, invest in what you want. I, I personally don't see a lot of value in buying Coinbase stock. That doesn't mean you won't make money, but I see in about five to 10 years time at most exchanges are good for nothing, maybe on and off ramps at that point. But they'll even become a point where that won't be a thing either. Banks will just do it. Yeah. So that's the thing is, isn't Coinbase basically a big bank now? Um, they're not. A bank has a certain legal definition. Mm. You have to be a depository institution. The only place that that exists legally for crypto is in Wyoming. And as far as I know, there is only one in the works. And that's uh, Caitlin Long's project, Avanti. Mm. They're a spe special purpose depository institution, a speedy. Yeah, so you think that Coinbase is going the way of the Dodo over time? I think so, and and they may have they may evolve, 
and I think they plan to as well. They're going to make a similar move as Shapeshift. I almost guarantee it. Um, they own a lot of Uniswap, which mm. means that, that even though Uniswap is decentralized, they um, they get a, a little bit of say in the governance. Of course, because they own it. They own a lot of yeah. it, you know? They own a lot of it, right? And so the other thing that that, that means is they also have a lot of coins, a lot of mm -hmm. liquidity. They'll probably just end up being giant liquidity providers on something like Uniswap, um, you know, and profiting off of it, which they will. Yeah. So that's a that's probably going to be the, the way of the future in a lot of these kinds of things is um, a lot of these companies rather than – so like in the past, um, a company would be oh, – my Mac's gonna die. Give me one second. All right, all right. So I'll I'll ramble while you're you're getting your your power cord and such. Yeah. Uh, but basically, in the past, like a company, like let's just say Coinbase, you know, had a corporation, had a website, had a, you know a bunch of servers, and like built up this infrastructure from scratch. Actually, had like liquidity all this kind of stuff just literally had all the infrastructure to make a trade just built from scratch and have it. And then just basically, you know, run tech support, run other stuff, just like run everything around this entire trading ecosystem in the future. I think that they're like, they won't have to do any of that. The, all that will already be in place, but they will just own slash run a piece of the decentralized infrastructure. And so like, for example, you know, they'll have a whole bunch of liquidity tokens and stuff doing stuff. They'll be, you know, yield farming there. They'll be just, it'll just be, it'll be more like a, um, like a fund almost, you know, do you remember Neptune dash back, back before they, oh, yeah. they call themselves Neptune and just sold everything dash related, basically, yeah. you know, traders. Yeah. Um, just kidding. Um, but yeah, their, their whole thing was, they were just owning like masternodes and like, staking pools and stuff like that that was our whole deal and so right. i think we're going to see a lot of more companies like that in the future that rather than just running centralized infrastructure they're going to be running decentralized infrastructure just like you right. know a big mining pool but like also you know for these kinds of exchanges and stuff and yeah. so like the coin like I, say, I, think I, said, I think coinbase's role in the future is just being a giant liquidity provider and mm -hmm. i don't fault that at all that's not like down talk or anything, I think it's good because they are providing a service to the ecosystem and they should get paid for that. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the smart contracts and stuff are set up in such a way that they will. And so, um, good for them. But I do think that's the way that they're going. And while I think that they'll still be a company and their stock will still be worth something, mm -hmm. I think their role in the ecosystem is going to change a lot in the next five to 10 years. Yeah, now it, what I can't wait until is until we start to eliminate fiat on on ramps which is a little little ways from that but like what i can't wait is until we get to because right now like i was actually i was on some show yesterday talking someone through how to get started in crypto and at some point it's like all right we got to go to an atm and do this that and once you figure out you like it then you can go get like a coinbase account or something and go link your bank account like all that kind of stuff because that's the only way people get involved. But I think in the future, it's going to be a lot easier for people to just, you know, do some sort of a faucet type of a thing, 
do some sort of a just like do work for it, sell their couch, their couch for crypto, mm-hmm. like all this kind of stuff is going to become a lot easier. I mean, that's think- the other thing. I see a lot of like earning economies going to be huge. Huge. Yes. Huge. Yeah. And so like, for example, I think a lot of people will be, you know, running more like infrastructure and things like that as a way of, you know, getting into the space. It's going to be pretty interesting to see like how weird of a world is it, by the way, that you can, anyone can be a plank in the, whatever the hell economy without knowing anything of what they're doing. Like in the, in the past, you know, to be a part of the, whatever economy, like you have to actually, like if you're, if you're part of a, like you, you drive a truck. Of course, you got to get licensed. You got to figure this out. You got to work for a company. You got all this. And like, there's all this stuff that goes in. You basically know you're part of the, the economy, but you know your shit. You're kind of involved. Right. But imagine in the future, like random people will just buy like <laughs> a small bag of truck coin and that'll just like, the stuff will just work. You know, people are going right. to manufacture. The people that know about it are going to be running it, but the, the other people can be funding it or providing liquidity or yeah. paving roads or whatever the fuck they're doing. Yeah. And so it, like the difference between people actually running the systems of the future, like right now, a lot of people running the systems know how those systems are run and they know how to run it. But in the future, probably um, the vast majority of people running everything in the world will know very little about how it's run. It'll be the people that created those systems and not those who participate in them, they'll have like all the cards, i.e. like the developers and such. That's, that's I say that's highly likely. Yeah. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see like, like if you think about how to build an exchange from scratch, as I alluded to before, uh, all the knowledge and all the industry expertise that goes into that stuff and just like, like, oh, we're going to build a new Coinbase. It's like, okay, well in the future, building a new Coinbase will be buying a whole bunch of tokens and staking them places and then having a couple computers running some, not a couple obviously, but just running some nodes and stuff and then right. miners and things. And there you go. And you don't have to actually like just keep it all running. It just, as long as it keeps running, then you just, you know, profit. There you go. Right. Yeah. I mean, even like in Uniswap is mm-hmm. one of the most successful exchanges in the world and uh, volume wise. And they don't have liquidity, nor do they have infrastructure, nor do they have, I mean, they're using everyone else's liquidity. They're saying, Hey, we'll give you some of it. Mm-hmm. We'll give you some of these trading fees. Yeah. And I have to say this kind of all harkens back to like Uber. If you think about it, where yeah, of Uber, course. Uber was one of the very first companies that hit the public imagination, at least that decided what, what parts of this, you know, giant corporate conglomeration deal. Can we just outsource to other people? And so like, rather than like, okay, well, what they basically just like let people do their work for them to a certain extent. And, sure. you know, it became, they're the, they're the, what do you, what do you call that? The, oh. um, I don't know. Yeah. But they're basic, basically that's going to be, <laughs> Now, when we start thinking about how that that's run, like think about um, like banks in the future. How many, like, will banks even exist as far as something similar to the current form, or will they just be giant liquidity pools that are run by just random people? 
what it's gonna what banks are gonna be like have you ever heard of like zurion or or other things like that these no. are front end, they're front ends for um ethereum and what they do is they have several different smart contracts so under one front end so mm. like if you log into zurion all you do you have access to uh compound which is like peer-to-peer lending so you can borrow money or provide money mm-hmm. right and earn interest you have access to maker so like CDPs, collateralized yeah. positions. You have access to trading uh, other coins. You have access to token sets, which is like a uh, like a hedge fund kind of thing. But they're all Zurion. All Zurion is is a front end that combines all these smart contracts under one thing. But it feels like a bank. You can see, oh, this is your balance uh, in your uh, checking account. This mm-hmm. is your balance. Savings account. These are your total invested assets. Like it's a whole thing, and it feels like a bank account, and that's what I imagine banks to be in the future. Yeah, probably. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, so imagine this. What about let's 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 jump the shark a little bit. Imagine law enforcement, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, first off, obviously, you, you think about like the laws themselves as. Um, something that's voted on by a DAO and you know implemented by coders and stuff. And rather than like lawyers will be basically digital lawyers, i.e. code experts that will just like audit the code to make sure that it has the intended effect of some whatever. Right. Anyway, then, then that goes, just, just think of like the police station or whatever. Like first off, the actual structure of that, like the dispatch and all that stuff, it'll just be people randomly, like I'll just run a police note over here that will just like help route all like the dispatch and stuff like that and then the people wanting to jump they'll they'll like pledge certain tokens to be able to like get the job and there'll be reputation systems and like start thinking about stuff like that where before you know it like the the entire infrastructure like that will just be some random people just plugging in pieces of infrastructure and just sort of like running it you know absolutely and that'll be very strange you know the whole the whole world will be um at the same time, think about how I would say disconnected people are from a lot of things that they that really matter to them, like the infrastructure that runs their daily lives. Who you know knows the internet in general? Yeah, but I think that people will become like the services will become even more impersonal than they are today. At the same time, as more people will actually have a stake in them, like. Right now, no one has a stake in almost anything unless they per- they decide to buy like some Amazon stock or something or some Tesla stock or whatever. But probably in the future, the average household will have a, a direct say or indirect piece of so much of the infrastructure out there that they'll be you right. know they'll be running their little police node they'll be staking their their town governance their school board governance token or whatever and they'll be just everyone will have a little piece of just so much of the stuff that's happening and then at some point um it won't be like geographically dependent necessarily right and then you start right. having people like i'm just you know i'm running we want to support flint michigan and their water let's buy flint token <laughs> Yeah, I'm running a Wuhan police node, you know? It's like, all right, yeah. just, I had the better rate on that one, you know, better ROI for the, you know, better incentive structure over there. And then that'll yeah. be, you know, very interesting. And just like ISPs, for the most part, there's a lot of geography 
with that. But then when you start having like Starlink and competitors, now all of a sudden like anyone can get any internet kind of thing and it'll be a much more global com uh, competitive field. Um, it'll be interesting to uh, like rather than completely geofenced, for example, like security slash law enforcement kind of uh, situations, it will be more like if you're covered by whatever provider and you could pick a few different ones. And yeah. of course, I'm waiting for crypto insurance. We need that. Yeah. How would that work in your um, mind? I don't know, but it does, it does exist already in some way. And essentially what you do is mm -hmm. um, insurance companies are a business just like anything else. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that means insurance companies make money. And if you can make money, what you can do is remove the company from it and provide that money to the people who are providing the capital backing the insurance. Oh, right. So like, um, what do they used to call those? Um, I, I forget exactly the name for it and pardon my, um, my lack of education, I guess, but it used to be like the very rudimentary kind of, um, insurance thingy would be, let's just say it's like you have a dozen people that all enter into a thing and they all pay into the pot. And then if one of them has a problem, then it comes from the pot. Yeah. It's just like a very yeah. simple, simple kind of a thing like that. And so like, the insurance pool would be, you know, because the thing is, um, insurance company needs to make money in order to be able to operate and service all these kinds of people. Now, what if you just had like the insurance protocol and you just like, it doesn't need to make money as long. It only needs to make a very small amount of money to just run the servers that, you know, the nodes that then this whole thing goes yeah, on basically 10%, 20%, whatever. So that the people providing the capital get a return on their money. Yeah. And so then you just plug people in there. And so like all the infrastructure costs of just about everything are starting to go, just get crunched all the way down. And when I see that, you know, putting a lot of people out of jobs. Yeah, that's true. But then that frees up a whole lot of more capital to do other cool stuff. It's not just, you know, the boring nonsense that's kind of done today. But yeah, we're getting pretty utopian here. But it's it's like, you know, next year. I don't know. Like just the fact that yeah. all this stuff is running on, you know, whatever. Um, it's already pretty... It's already pretty um, fascinating to see how much stuff is changing as far as like for example the entertainment industry not too long ago it was very gate kept there was big networks you had to be on and they kept all they kept you from your audience and they kept you from your money and now it's so easy for anyone to run a podcast for example you know again yep. talking about what we're doing here receive direct monetization thanks for the super chats guys and just there's nothing in between. I mean, there's no one taking a percentage. There's nothing. I mean, okay, YouTube could shut me off, but then Odyssey has me on. And like, you know, so all that kind of stuff is starting to, you know, those old structures are starting to crunch down. Um, I would say, say um, Spotify would be more or less the Uber of the music industry. And I'm not saying that in a necessarily fully positive way. I'm saying it is like a dinosaur kind of way. It's like the first that's starting to do like the direct paper view kind of model on a very micro scale to the music industry although it's still a giant like soulless corporation that's kind of screwing the artists but right imagine what like spotify can be turned into a dap right you just 
and you start. Sc- I think there is one, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a few. Audius is that what it's called? I don't know. That goes beyond my scope of research on all this stuff. I'm but looking I'm looking it up. Yeah. Well, this seems like a great time. I keep on getting people texting me, uh, saying "dash" with a bunch of rocket ships. So it might be a good time to switch and talk about Dash to to cap this thing off. So we're getting close to 400 USD, which is, you know, it's nice. It's respectable. Good news, man. It's already like 10x all-time low of the beginning of last year, which is nice. And price pumps, whatever, you know. I, I like having more money. Obviously, that works, but... I'm less interested in that than all the other cool stuff, which uh, this year, and I've gotten burned so many times talking about cool stuff coming up because, you know, things invariably happen. But there's a few big things on the horizon this month, I think. So first off, allegedly, Crepe is going to start testing their dash branded retail app thingy which basically yeah, would excited about that. yes and it's i can't really talk too much about it as far as why it's important without um you gotta sort of experience and see it and if i maybe i could you know maybe the actual experience at the end of the day is gonna suck and i'm gonna be all bummed and it won't be anything good but basically you should be able to have a geolocated app that tells you out of 400,000 plus merchants around the country, the U.S. in this case, um, that you can spend your Dash at. You go in there, and then they ring you up the total. You enter the total in the app and hit buy, and then you pay with your Dash wallet, and then you just scan the thing, and you can go pay, like giant retailers and stuff like that. So basically, it works through a gift card system, similar to BitRefill, but BitRefill, you know, I'm not talking shit because I love BitRefill, and they sponsor me too, so promo code DCN when you go to BitRefill and sign up to pay your phone bill and do stuff outside of the U.S. once Crate Pay is there. Anyway, uh, that's a little bit less of a streamlined kind of a thing, experience, you know? And so hopefully, this will let people actually start living on crypto and kind of like I am. And so... Hopefully that will be uh, something pretty cool. There's also some other um, super secret announcement that was supposed to be, was it like end of February or whatever? And then it got delayed, it got delayed, it got delayed. And supposedly, you know, this something, 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 something fund related with Dash, supposedly. But yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, And like... Dash platform still supposedly going to come out this year. Um, some people were saying Q1, which rapidly got corrected, but some people held on to that. We're out of Q1. Q2 is what? April, May, June. Some people have been saying end of Q2. I, I hope early Q3. If it's not this year, I'm going to freak out. That's all I can say. But it might not be this year, Joel. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, you just tanked the price. <laughs> no, just kidding. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I also want to make it clear to people because I don't know why a lot of people think for some reason that I'm in Dash Core Group or have anything to do with Dash Core who Group. Who asks like you this? Everyone. Wow. Well, you hang out um, with some dumb people. Those, no, obviously, like 
<laughs> you, Hill, Mark, you got pasta. You guys all know I'm not mm-hmm. Dash Colgate, but a lot of people think that I am mm-hmm. for some reason. I think George Donnelly started that rumor when he said I was part of some inside group or some shit. <laughs> like, um, Which is the least dumb thing. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I just want to make it clear to anyone watching, I'm not part of Dash Core group. So if I say it might not be till this year, that's just me as an individual saying that I have no inside information whatsoever. I have no fucking clue. Mm. Just things take a long time. Just exactly. I'm just a programmer and I know that what they're trying to do is very difficult. Granted, they have people on that team far more talented than myself. And so what looks very, very difficult to me might only be somewhat difficult for them, but just, just be aware that what they're doing is groundbreaking. I mean, it's, it's almost as significant as, Mm-hmm. the invention of bitcoin itself yeah almost absolutely uh, in the sense that it, it what it's what they're attempting to accomplish so if it takes time it takes time i know that everyone wants it to come out now myself included i have an entire business that i want to build but i can't build it until it's out and it is what it is if if it doesn't come that's okay um in my mind of course i want it to mm-hmm. but just realistically looking at it, I can't be sure that it's coming this year. Oh, Odyssey under maintenance. They just shit the bet on the, on the stream. I'm going to slap Jeremy for this. It's okay. Well, see, this is why we still do... Um, right. This is why That's we why st- you hit the restream. Yes. This is why we, we have things on. Oh, this is a, a good live chat question here coming up. Let me re- refresh this little thing here any word on dash ren bridge uh not that i've heard myself um but i'm excited for it that's for sure who put up the proposal do you know was it the ren project i don't remember i have not actually been super like as long as that thing was kind of being done i just you know and there's hold on there's another Another message just jumped in. I guess people are realizing that we're getting close to the close to the end here, and they're like, well, let's get in all the, the super chats, which absolutely keep doing. I'm going to run this thing all the yeah, way. What I'm going to do is try and look at last month's proposals. Yeah, why don't you look into that while I start reading off these kind of live chat stuff. Um, all right, what does this one say? says, I'm very interested in how decentralization can improve both banking and governance for underserved populations. Oh, you mean you're not one of those have fun staying poor people? Huh. Uh, people who have been ignored by institutions for generations may be the most open to ideas like financial autonomy and libertarian values. A bottom-up approach presents a very real path towards mass adoption, mass adoption and true self-ownership. Sincerely, The Nudge. Hey, how's it going? I hope you're enjoying traveling through donnelly territory down there um anyway um it's a, it's a buddy so yes i am interested in that kind of stuff too and a lot of this stuff is just too technically high-minded at this time um yeah it's, uh, it's, it says they're coming along with the rest of sorry i didn't mean to interrupt yeah, go you for there, it yeah but the update on ren is it says um 
they're since this proposal is passed they're in the pipeline for the next round of integrations expected sometime in q2 of 2021 yeah so basically q2 run dash yeah, bridge next couple months hopefully so as far as i'm able and of course mr defi codox here can correct my my idiocy and ignorance and stuff like that um but from my understanding ren dash is a way to basically in a decentralized trustless way lock up dash and issue a ethereum an ethereum token wrapping on top of it that then you can use for DeFi type stuff mm -hmm. that's correct right yep now i am going to be a stakehound shell here because i had him on the podcast last week but also um state calendar is almost the same thing except a couple of differences first off in order to to it's not like a decentralized trustless way of doing that you have to do kyc and you have to give a a, a company i.e state count control over that money to custody it for you which be not as exciting however when you get the st dash you actually do get portion of the masternode rewards that would get so it actually does multiply so you can buy st dash with ethereum somewhere else so again you don't need um you don't actually need kyc to get the st dash just to create it from from dash and then you start getting record rewards on that whereas with ren dash you would not it's just doesn't increase in value but so with well, ren yeah it could though i it mean with DeFi, all this stuff so if somebody created a ren dash market on compound for example and somebody mm -hmm. wanted to borrow dash that didn't own dash mm-hmm you could earn interest on your dash. Yeah, you could. You still could. Um, with but the... not automatically like stake dash. You're right. Yes, and which means with stake dash, you can probably compound it with a bunch of cool stuff, right? Like right. you start doing liquidity providing. You start doing some like sushi governance stuff, which I, I half I of this if stuff I understand. there's a way to like to bounce this around. So if you took your dash and you got Ren dash with it, you traded the Ren dash for, no, this wouldn't make sense. Yeah, you. I mean, you could. I was gonna say if you traded the Ren Dash for something else, and then you went and borrowed money and bought Dash back with it, and then, and then went and got Stake Dash. So yeah, that would be hilarious. So that would be hilarious. By the way, try check this out. So you have a thousand Dash, right? But you know, you get you give it to Stakehound, and you get a thousand ST Dash. Then you use that to provide liquidity on Uniswap right. and start getting money from that. And then I don't know where the sushi governance token thing comes in because I don't understand that. So I'm going to shut up about that bit. But then you take out a loan on that and use that to then buy a thousand dash and then run your master node again. Yeah, so you're, exactly. you're, <laughs> you're, you got the, um, the surge protector plugged into itself there, you know, yeah. just like <laughs> just making exactly. stuff, which I don't like while we're talking about all this cool, exciting stuff, there's going to be a big crash DeFi crash at some point where, all this nonsense where you're just making 20% on 40% on 60% of this and just, it's not going to work like that forever. There will always be some cool stuff you can do with it, but it's like the the absurd levels of all this kind of stuff is, yeah. it's not going well, to be forever. Start, it'll start to, to balance itself, right? Like yeah. right now, the reason that bar like borrow and uh, earn interests are so high on something like compound mm -hmm. is because it's not there's p more people that want to borrow money than there are people that have money that they want to lend mm -hmm. and so 
the interest rates are really high, then somebody's borrowing money and they're paying you 12% or something. And so the earner is able to get 10% of that mm-hmm. or whatever. Right? And so, so you're like, Oh yeah, I can earn 10% on my crypto holdings. Well, that's the incentive for more people to, to put money in, but the more money that's in, i.e. when there's a global economy attached to it, those interest rates come way down for everybody earning and borrowing though. So it's on both sides is, is okay. Yeah. So going back to that um, live chat question about the bottom up approach and, you know, lifting people out of poverty and all that kind of like, you know, the thing about crypto is because it's um, permissionless, anyone can just sort of do it. Now, of course, it doesn't mean everyone has a technical know-how how to do it. Doesn't mean everyone has a know-how that they should even learn how to do it. Doesn't mean everyone has the resources to stake and therefore whatever. But what that does mean is, um, let's just say you take some small village somewhere, and then you teach them how to like use. For, and this only works when Ethereum fees are not horrendous, by the way. But like you give them, you just gift them one ST dash. And so now you got like 400 bucks worth of this thing and then they can provide liquidity and then they can do this. And then they're the village kitty, I guess, starts to grow because they are participating in this whole DeFi ecosystem and stuff. And then, yeah, then all of a sudden they have, you know, money to do stuff. Here's the big thing. And this is kind of um, a way of answering this kind of thing. So first off, any jackass can have like a YouTube account or an Odyssey account or whatever and start making videos, start showing people and then just monetize it, right? Hey, here's my crypto donation address or here's my coin tree or whatever else. And then they just start getting money. Like it does, they don't need to be, uh, Oh, but do you have a permanent residence that you can do to get your bank account? And this and that, we're going to put your things on hold because you're from a terrorist country. Like none of that stuff applies, right? It's just, anyone can kind of do that. That's an already great start. Um, there's a fantastic book called the mystery of capital, which basically analyzed why does capitalism work in the West, but seems to fail everywhere else. And the one thing they found out is a lot of these countries people don't have legal title to their land and their possessions. They have it, but they don't have legal, like everyone knows this is yours, but you don't have legal title. Governments failed with that, right? But what happens if you could, let's just say NFT style, tokenize your stuff and then use that as collateral to get a loan to then, you know, do other stuff with. So for example, what happens if you're some kind of like village person and you want to get out of, you know, You want to get out of poverty. So what you do is you make an NFT of your cow. You know, bear with me here. You make a a cow NFT. And then you you put that as collateral to then get a loan on that. And then go start using it to provide liquidity somewhere. And then you start generating some kind of money and stuff off of that. And eventually you don't have to do that anymore. You have an actual investment that then you can kind of build from there. But like right now, it's just like, Sorry, you got your cow and you, you're stuck with just your cow. You can't, you got to milk it. If you, if it dies, I guess you can eat it. But like, there's this like sunk cost into this cow. You can't actually use that as collateral to do anything. And it's like, well, everyone knows it's your cow. You know why? Because it's in your yard. You're petting it. You give it food. It's like, it's your cow. But how do you prove it's your cow and use it as collateral to go get a loan to go? start doing other things like what happens if 
you wanted to create a cheese making business, but you don't have all the equipment to really run this properly, but all your money is in your cow. But if you could then get, you know, a loan off of your cow, you're using your cow as collateral to then get a loan, buy all this stuff, start generating income, and then whatever savings after you only pay back your loan or whatever, then you start using that to, you know, yield farm while you're cow farming, right? And then all of a sudden, And that's, the, like, that's the awesome thing with DeFi, right? And there's yeah. nobody locking you out. But at the same time, that comes with a, an amount of responsibility. Like I was telling one of my clients the other day, mm-hmm. banks who have all kinds of safety measures, when they loan out money, right, they say – okay, they check your debt to income ratio. They check your credit history. They check your job for the last two years and your income and all these other things, right? To know that if they loan you this money that you're going to be able to pay it back. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. If you have collateral, uh, whatever, I've got a Bitcoin, right? So I've got $60,000. I can use that as collateral to borrow money. Well, I need to do that own research to make sure that I can pay that back else mm-hmm. lose my Bitcoin. Yeah, of course. There's no bank saying, oh, based on our algorithm, you're not going to be able to pay this back, Spencer. So I need to do that research myself or lose all my shit. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's... If that be your own bank, amazing things happen, but also... What, how's this the spider-man quote go with great power comes great responsibility yeah with great um defi comes great hodlability i don't know yeah there you go it's it's not working out completely but by the way we are back on odyssey now they decided to start working again oh, cool. so cool. they we didn't seem to lose too many watchers there which is great um yeah so this is to just finally conclude on that subject of how does it work for the poors, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and which is one reason people keep on kept on saying, like, oh, you must be rich by now because you've been in crypto forever. It's like, no, I took pay cuts in order to take crypto and I spent it when I had to, right? And thin margins and stuff. And then at some point, Bitcoin transaction fees started to screw me before I switched to Dash. And so that's that's the one thing is all this cool DeFi stuff is built on Ethereum. All or a not of it. Yeah, not, I mean, a lot of it, which has horrendous fees, and they don't seem to care too much. So that is the sad part. Um, and then a lot of, you know, well, you buy Bitcoin, this and that, okay, but then you move it to a wallet you control, boom, all of a sudden your $20 became $2. <laughs> You're just screwed. Like, it just sucks. So we need to solve scaling in order for people to actually, you know, actually profit more than just the uber rich who can eat like $500 fees on a Uniswap thingy because they just made more, you know? Yeah, well, and the way they look at it is, oh, well, $500 to trade a million dollars is not that bad. And they're not wrong, but also it's $500 to trade a dollar as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is what it is. All right, it's probably time to wrap this thing up. We've been going on for an hour, 20 minutes in this second iteration. Um, any final thoughts, people? Final thoughts. Tag them in. I'm reading the live chat. I see you guys out there. 16 of you watching on YouTube and six on Odyssey. Yeah. I wish it was the other way around, but hey, Odyssey did stop working. So yeah, that's what it is. Um, well, I see you guys. So, you know, give us some questions before we go. I don't come on here every day, only every other day. <laughs> that's mean. 
No, I'm just kidding. But yeah, definitely my go-to when I'm like, oh, what crap, I haven't booked a guest. Oh, this guy's good. Um, we do, we have a show next week, of course. Kodak's going to yeah. be in the live chat for that too if he wants to. But, um, and then there's a Dash podcast, which I am, I think Dash platform developer Ivan Shumkov should be on. So then we can ask him stuff Ooh. like when Evo and stuff. So, but seriously though, when Evo? Yeah, I don't know. That would be nice. I mean, no, I gave you guys my thoughts on it, and they weren't super op- optimistic. But I also, I'm, I think I am. I'm still optimistic personally, but I think I've set the the date for myself so far ahead, so I'm not disappointed. It's like aim low. You know what I mean? Yes, and I have set like. The good thing about the things I was telling you about, like Crepe and the institutional stuff and then all this like DeFi stuff is it's now stuff. And right. once you got like a Crepe thing going on, then it'd be a lot easier to actually make videos showing people run around, spending Dash and stuff like that. It'd be, be a good time. So basically, I don't have to wait until this like cool username kind of thingy. Um, but anyway, well, yeah, it'd be a good time to wrap this up. So thanks everyone for watching. Uh, next week at the same time we have the rundown, but then we have the Dash podcast. It's going to be great. Um, where do people go to find Codex Consulting Limited or whatever? Um, you ask don't ask about, bro. Just, <laughs> you just, just like Fight know. Club? Yeah, it's it's all. Uh, yeah, just find me on Discord. I'm uh, at Codex. What nineteen fifty nine? Maybe the year you're born, huh? 1957 i'm at kodax number 1957 if you need to find me i'm also on keybase at kodax twitter at kodax dev um yeah you guys can find me anywhere yeah kodax email.com yeah well fantastic ironically i am not kodax on dash pay testnet yeah what are you there i don't know somebody stole my name so i've been paying some someone other than you fake money Literally. Well, I'm going to have to make one that says Kodax is my bitch and then have people pay that one. I think I'm not Kodax. On... I'll have to actually look that up. But So well, thanks, everyone, for watching. This has been a great pleasure. Um, if you know, you know. It's time for the after party. But if you don't, you don't. So anyway, I will see you guys next week. Enjoy the whatever the weather is wherever you're at in the world because this is the only weather you got and just remember decentralize all the things much wow see you guys later thanks so much for listening if you enjoyed the podcast subscribe so you don't miss an episode and donate to support the show by going to my coin tree page that's cointr.ee slash the desert links and leave a message with your donation check out the show's sponsors live on crypto with bit refill Buy absolutely anything with crypto with Shop and Bit. Avoid content censorship with Odyssey. Protect your privacy online with NordVPN. Get paid to search with PreSearch. All links are in the show notes.